Welcome to Sports Trebuchet, issue 32. I'm Marty. I'm Kyle. I'm Josh. If you're new to the show, add us on Twitter at Sports Trebuchet. Email us, sportstrebuchetpod at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love feedback, suggested topics, whatever you'd like to hear from us. Abuse. Abuse. Just yeah, tell us how shit we are. If you like the show, subscribe, share, and let us know by uh, throwing us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We have a guest in the studio. The studio! The studio. <laughs> Alan, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Alan, do you want us to use your last name? Sure. I probably wouldn't. I was just no, let's not do that. Whatever. Just in case. You never know what it is. I don't you don't need the dozens and dozens to, to yeah. come after you. Ten years' time, he gets the Twitter police on him. Alan, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, I am... I've been about three months now. Okay, uh, cool. So we don't mention workplaces, okay. so I'm going to go ahead and beep that out. <laughs> Tell me that. Yeah, I should have led. All right. Let's see. Okay. I'm 35 years old. I uh, lived in Charlotte about 14 years from Indiana originally. Love sports. Giant Cubs fan. Colts fan. RIP Andrew Luck. And <laughs> See you at the crossroads. Our season. Um, big wrestling fan for some reason. Um, so I think that's why I'm here. Because it's wonderful. Cause I, it's, it is. It's something. It's great. It's something. <laughs> well, you, you hit the demographic for every one of us here in terms of when wrestling was at its pinnacle and 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 for anybody that that's listening that uh is expecting any nfl talk or or particular sport it's probably going to be pretty uh shallow today because we're going to go pretty heavy on the wrestling thing with the wednesday night wars uh coming up quick and we had a big weekend. And we had a big weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah, I forgot. We can I totally forgot that. that was going to be one of the yeah, honestly, <laughs> If y'all would just remind me of this stuff. <laughs> it just I, happened yeah, like but three I've, days yeah, ago. Yeah, but I've had two days off since then. We had to take two days off after class. No, I took, I took Monday off, and then today I took off, but as a family thing. And then two days of hardly working, really, because there hadn't been much scheduled. So it's really been... A lot of empty space still in that time. Uh, so let's jump into it then. I guess, did, uh, Alan, did you catch, did you watch uh, Clash of Champions? I watched most of it, yes. Okay, cool. So Kyle, Josh, and I attended Clash of Champions. Yes. Second bowl, front row, beautiful seats. Great commentary behind us. Great, yeah, wow. we had... Uh, Better than Michael Cole? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, would, I would let Michael Cole talk to me. 72 hours straight before having to hear that guy's voice. Again. Wow, that guy must have sucked. I think I was wonderful. <laughs> I think I would rather listen to Michael Cole on repeat saying it's boss time with incredible enthusiasm than have to let one more sentence come from that man's mouth. That's how bad it was. I would love to hear Michael Cole tell me everything that was vintage about everyone. Just to go through, it's a, it's a laundry list of vintage things that wrestlers do. <laughs> yes. So for vintage Jericho, we have the Lion Tamer. For vintage Randy Orton, we have the Dropkick. Kyle, in in as little or as much detail as you want to get into, can you describe what was so annoying about the guy that sat behind us? All of it. <laughs> he was, okay, so... He, Very loud. It was still real to him, damn it. If I felt like that, and he was too old for it to be still real for him, <laughs> to the point where he was like willing every face to victory, and like every time that like a heel would put like a move on somebody, it would be like, "No, don't do it! Don't he do sounded, it!" He sounded like 
I, I leaned over, I think, to both of you guys and said, it sounds like he's on the edge of a bridge or he's got a yeah. gun in his mouth and he's about to end it all the way he was pleading with <laughs> Sasha Banks. Just, just no, to please, let go of the no, hole. No, don't do it. No, please, God, let Becky, oh, please, no, he's got, she's got the bank statement. Please, God, let her loose. Truly, just, from, from my perspective... It's a huge Alexa Bliss fan. It made me feel incredibly normal with the way he spoke about those women. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I'm a fan, but I accept that she is a human and a very talented person. And uh, he was all in on the unrequited love. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Becky especially. There was the heavy, uh, the heavy-handed incel comment of him yelling to Mandy Rose that beauty isn't everything. <laughs> Very loudly. Like, like at a very quiet part of the match. Like during a rest hold. Yeah. Just beauty is and everything, Mandy. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been before the match started when it was silent, before like they rang the bell and there was just not much going on. There wasn't a lot of chance going. Just, beauty is and everything, Mandy. It was just like, ugh. And just... the, but to put on top of it the incredible mansplaining that he was doing about every angle and every match to any female that was sitting next to him. Yeah, these two girls had the displeasure of having to have bought seats next to him without knowing their uh, their, their guest next to them prior to the show. And was he there by himself, you think? I, or maybe there was someone to the left? I would say based off of what you told me, he was there by himself. <laughs> I can't imagine him wrangling anybody else. Well, my friends are coming anytime now. They'll, they'll be here. He lives in kayfabe. Yeah, I expected to turn around and probably see like a 15 to 16 year old dude. No, he's probably our age. Like, <laughs> it, 25 to 35. Mid 20s. Depending on where he is. And, I, and, and, and 23 sounds right to me only because I was an idiot at 23. Well, you but just about can't, different stuff. You just can't bring yourself to I just hope that to God that someone else not doing it. Your hope for humanity is far too high, I think. And, the, and speaking of KFAP, there were a lot of. A lot of people dressed up, not all kids. Cosplayers, basically. Yeah. Um, Alan, you have kids, right? I do. How old are your kids? Four and one. Have you taken the four-year-old to a show yet? No, not yet. One day. Four's a little young. Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot of sensory overload at that point. Yeah, I'm trying to think there was... The youngest I saw might be... Six, it feels like six or seven seemed to be the right age group. Yeah, that kid that was sitting right down from us. Yeah, he was having a blast. He was having, he was having the time of his life. He really was. Because it's cool. It's it's really funny how at five, six, seven, ten, twelve, that kayfabe it's still real to me. Damn it, is like really endearing. And then there's that line right there at like fifteen where if you don't shape up, you're just gonna end up being a mark the rest of your <laughs> life. It's kind of like Santa, ain't it? Like. You have to accept that he ain't real at the same time. Wait, as what the fuck? The, uh, the wrestling <laughs> isn't real too, and like, there's there is that certain mark where you go past it. But like you said, if you don't, you're that kid behind us. Right. So now I can't let my kids listen to this because Josh just ruined Santa. For yeah, I'll even beep it out. I'll be you know, <laughs> even out of context. It'll be even funnier. It has nothing Why to do with the litany or your listening podcast. What are you listening yeah. to? How old, how old do you think is a because we have two parents in the room. So I went to my first sporting event when I was eight, which was a football game, soccer game, uh, wrestling show. I was ten. 
because it was a lot longer though. So when do you think is the right time to take a kid to a sporting event like that? Like an hour and a half plus. And or wrestling? Yeah, because I, I consider it as an event, right? Like, yeah. there's they're the same kind of thing. Like, you're going to get the same amount of time spent at the wrestling as you would if you went to go and watch the Panthers or the Bears or the Jacks. I just have three hours. Like, no, how- you go to a Jags game, you're out of there in an hour because you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do, how old do you think your kiddo is going to have to be before you think this is going to be like, they're going to remember it and it's going to be worth the value to them? I would say when they're actually interested in the the product. So right now my daughter is four. She's not interested in any sort of sports or wrestling at this point. But I mean, if she gets to the point, you know, seven, eight years old, like you said, when she's interested, I think that'd be she gets like the Banks brass knuckles. Right. Yeah, when she, yes, exactly. I want her to have glasses. The <laughs> She's dreaded, her, she's dreaded her hair. So we didn't have a Halloween costume for it. That's going to be it now. So that's that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yes. She just keeps knocking on your bedroom door going, right. let me in. No, no, that's how, that's how she answers. sleep, let me in. That's how she answers. with the hot glove. That's, that's how she answers, or that's how she goes to each door to go get, to trick or treat. It's like she's knocking on the door and they're like, oh, what are you? She's let me in. <laughs> They think it's they, everybody else thinks it's just a home invasion at that do point. You, do you show your kids Firefly Funhouse? Fuck no, no, <laughs> no. That creeps me out. No, <laughs> it does. It does me too. Do you know they actually the sell the puppets. They Ooh. sell uh, the Ram- Rambling Mercy Rabbit. The, yeah, Rambling Rabbit, Mercy the Buzzard, and another one. I can't remember what it was. I was looking at the other day. It's probably Huskus. All of you looking for Christmas present ideas? Since we're kind of on that topic too, think about maybe Mercy the Buzzard for your four, five, six. It can't be Abby the Witch. It's got to be Huskus. And I saw some. I saw somebody carrying around Mercy the Buzzard uh, at the show when we went to the bathroom. In my Uh, memory, they were walking around and they were chatting to kids with it. Scaring the living piss out of seven-year-old It's questionable on, on other levels right there. But Would it be as questionable if this was Hell in a Cell that we were attending, and it was in October? You're right. Then it's just, then it's just themed. Right. Then it <laughs> seems kind of almost too on the nose. But yeah, for the, the middle of September, <laughs> for Mercy the Buzzard to be scaring the shit out of your kids. They have Mercy the Buzzard, they have Rambling Rabbit, and they have Vince the Devil. That's great that they're selling Vince the Devil. Wow. $35. $35. And, but in all fairness, it's a big puppet. Like, that Mercy the Buzzard, like, was like, probably, like, two-fist size. Like, it was a big, uh, it was a big puppet. So I, I can get that amount of money. That's a... Yeah, if you're looking at a secret Santa... So, so Josh back, back to your answer. So when your answer is when they're interested. When they're interested, right? I mean, we took our daughter to a Cubs game. She was between one and two, and it was pretty terrible. You know, because not much for her to get getting her to sit still, uh, trying to enjoy the game at the same time. It was you know ninety five degrees at Wrigley Field. It wasn't all that great. So, I mean, Marty, you have kids. You know, you know how it's like, what it's like trying to just get them to sit still for yeah. two hours is exhausting. Yeah, so for two and a half, I have a two and a half year old, and my question almost isn't even the age, but I guess they kind of go hand in hand. It's it's however long their attention span is. Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember varies, right? I remember going to a Texas Rangers game when I was eight, seven or eight, and enjoying it. But it wasn't because of the baseball; it's because they had other stuff to do, and I was going with other friends of mine, and so we were kind of goofing off, you know, in like a third baseline and having fun. But if you don't 
a wrestling show doesn't have that like some other sporting right. events. There's not like a tent you can go to to have little, uh, you know, weird firefly funhouse slide or like the the Randy Orton swing. That's terrifying. You know, yeah. <laughs> the Cesaro swings is what it would be. Of course. Um, but the Randy yeah. Orton swing could just throw you onto a table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same swing. It is, you have to, you're hanging by. That's that's almost too graphic. What I almost just you just run and power slam you into a trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> now I, as far as like going to sporting events and then wrestling, I had a way larger gap. I was I used to go to Syracuse basketball games when I was like two. You know, don't remember it, but I was that was the good luck charm. They never lost when I was there mm-hmm. for like. Eight nine years, so they'd bring me like big games, <laughs> and and it was I was I was a totem, um, but I do. But I mean, we used to go all the time to those games, and I ended up having a huge interest in it. And it was it was probably easy for me to keep my attention at that kind of a game really loud, really a lot going on. Uh, as far as wrestling, I didn't go until I was thirty, so. <laughs> That's that's crazy. I suppose that there was that house show I went with Dina. And I suppose that depends on when like it comes to you, right? Because like, in England, like they're very clear about when they're coming. It's the same every year. They can plan it. And mine was in the middle of the Attitude Era too. So like it was even more planned. It was basically a pay per view, which is wild to think that they were having a yearly pay per view over there at one point. But like you could plan that, and now like you have two tours, right? We were talking about it, like we have just after Mania and around like November time. Like you know, it's coming every year. Like if you're not so well off, you can save up. If you're well off, you can plan everything ahead and book time off. And it's like, a proper tour, right? So yeah. they're not just coming to London. They're no, going exactly. To London. They're, they're showing in London. They're normally filming in London. Their live show is normally London, and then they'll do Newcastle, Brighton, Liverpool, Manchester, Birmingham. Like Nottingham, they'll do they'll do like twelve dates in the UK alone before they before they even head over to the mainland. So like it, the accessibility there compared to I had great accessibility up in New York. Oh, you're just a shit fan. Uh, yeah, so at that point, <laughs> I don't think I could have talked my parents into taking me to it. I'm but um, twenty eight. No, no, I'm talking about when I was when I was younger growing up. <laughs> yeah, so when I was 28, I think that I can take me to please take me to the wrestling. That's, that's all you wanted for Christmas. Yeah, yeah at 28, that, that events devil doll. Yeah, that's exactly. I, was, I, I I wrote out my my Christmas list in crayon and gave it to my dad. And my dad's like, Jesus Christ, Kyle, Kyle you're you're 28. <laughs> <laughs> no, your beard's thicker than mine. What are you yeah, what just, <laughs> just leaving a note on your sister's door going, please give me mercy to buzz. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm 23. Why can't you go buy this myself, yourself? Get a job. Um, yeah. No, but I mean, growing up, when I was like 9, 10-ish, I know that they weren't like doing, they were doing a bunch of tours, but it was always just that one. But I was in the Northeast, which was... Direct, directly in their loop. I imagine Syracuse had to have a Syracuse would always get yeah. Syracuse, Rochester. Even they'd come up and do a little bit in Watertown every once in a, once in a while. Wow. Just yeah. like the little 1200-seater where... Uh, they'd like go, they, they'd sometimes do like outdoor things and go to the, the minor... The, uh, the, the single-A minor, minor league park. Awesome. I know The Undertaker was there like in like 94 or something like that. You think he remembers that? <laughs> Whatever match it was. No. I think it probably helps if your parents are into it too, right? Like, yeah, my mom, like my cousin, who's about eight years older than me, was super into the wrestling, like super into like, he was part of like the early 90s, the Hogan, 
uh, like the mega powers, brother, shit, brother. Uh, all that sort of stuff. And my mom kind of got like familiar with it because like her and my aunt and all that sort of stuff were kind of just letting him watch it and they were kind of just watching it with him. And then the Attitude Era hit and she kind of got swept along with all of us because that was kind of the beauty of the Attitude Era, right? It like sucked in people that were never fans before. That's true. And like The Rock comes out and like my, me and my sister are watching it and my mom's like, it's actually really entertaining right now. Like, and then after, once the Attitude Era was over, like she went away and the only thing she ever, I always remember I was watching it like 16 or whatever and my mom came in the room and she goes, who's that? I like his thighs. <laughs> it's Randy Orton. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks, mommy. He's my favorite wrestler and you've ruined it forever. That's yeah. <laughs> flat. <laughs> now, every time you see Randy Orton, that's all you can think of. That's all I can think of. What banging thighs he's got. Yeah, he's just staring at the thighs up on the, on the Titan Tron. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Did you see Alan Charles zooming in on Sunday? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think it depends on the parent, too, with like the wrestling thing. I, I was 11 when I went to a show and... My mom was supportive. She wasn't on board 100% with watching or anything like that, but she she liked, she liked let us like what we wanted to like. Right. Minus South Park. That's the only thing she drew the line on, but she got, and Oprah got in her head because I think Oprah stated as much. But when I expressed in that interest. Car. Great show too, South Park. And part of the dark period was that my dad wouldn't let me really watch wrestling when I was still kind of trying to be into it in high school, he just he just ruined the whole bit. I knew it was fake, it, like and it just <laughs> the constant reminder of like you know it's, you know it's fucking fake, right? And so I'm just like, okay, and, you cool. know, just, and, 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 and that was it. And we were like two how two TV household. One was in his bedroom, one was in the living room. So if he didn't want it on, then it wasn't on. And that's probably what started the dark period. Just moving back to Texas with my dad. Sure, but I think that. I think there's a way to overcorrect it. If my mom had been like so into it and pushed me towards it, that might be how you get guys like the dude that sat behind us. Or you could have been the guy that dressed up like AJ Styles. Mm. Yeah, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Smoking a Marlboro Red. <laughs> gloves out. and everything. Oh, yeah, the gloves oh, yeah. on and everything. Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> had the best. My parents were, we grew, I grew up in a conservative family, and so my parents were okay with me watching WCW, but you know how in the Attitude Era, Raw was was you know a little more serious and so I had to sneak that I would I would <laughs> sit in my room and I'd be watching Raw I'd hear my parents come on switch over to the WCW and then I'd just I'd go back and forth in, in the Attitude Era during you the would Monday Night War you were, you were forced yeah you were right. forced to <laughs> so I had I had no one I mean I, didn't, I, I knew maybe like two or three wrestling fans I went to high school with but like I was kind of in it on my own back in the day sure and then after the Attitude Era, after everything kind of died down, I actually just went away from wrestling for about 10 years. Uh, and it probably contributed and I went to college and all that sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I just, you know, had other interests at the time. But, yeah, definitely didn't have the, the parents pushing me or even wanting to go with me to, to, to see shows. So, Colin, like you, I didn't I didn't go to a show until I was probably close to 30 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was also that thing that, like, when, it, when, it, when I did, you know, finally get money to go and watch shows by myself if I wanted to. I didn't have people around me to go with me, so yeah. I wasn't going to go by myself right. and be that dude. Right. <laughs> well, I remember the first show I went to was here in Charlotte, and I was, like, begging, just like I was asking my brother, asking friends, I was like, someone go with me, because I really want to go do this. And it was, you know, it was cheap. It was, you know, upper deck. Mm-hmm. But I finally got a friend to go with me, and, you know, it was 
not what I expected whatsoever. Because it was a house show, right? It was. It would I mean, probably. It was a raw. Uh, oh, that's awesome. It was a raw, but I for some reason didn't like register that I wasn't going to be able to hear the announcers. Oh the yeah, went, and it was like so quiet. And when Ooh, I was in the upper okay. deck, now I've sat in the lower deck since then, but I was in the upper deck and I was like, this is just so weird. It's just a strange, like, I can't hear Michael Cole. Now I don't want to hear Michael Cole. <laughs> so going to a live show was great, but yeah, it was a very odd experience. I went to one rule a couple of years ago, and I'd only ever done house shows before that. And that was the day that I was like, I will never go to another live, like, I will never go to another show Again, it's a I'll televised show. A televised show. I'll only do house shows. But I went on my own once. I won tickets to go see Ryback and Layla back when they were doing a tour in England. And I won two tickets and no bastard would come with me, but I'd be fucked if I'm not going to go and leave. <laughs> so I just went on my own, watched the show on my own, and I still had a great time. However, I did not scream incessantly. I was going to say, were you that guy? <laughs> I, were you telling Ryback the beauty isn't everything? I could have took a different path. <laughs> you complimented his thighs. Judge says, feed me more. <laughs> he was, that was at his peak, too. That was when he was like super sky high. Josh is marking out to, to Ryback right in front of him. Josh is just bringing him food. He's like, I'm trying to feed you. Protein, you what you want. want. <laughs> Do we want to jump to current day wrestling and some discussion? Sure. Well, okay. Do we want to? Depends on what topics you had to bring to the table. Oh, because oh yes, did, Alan has have, thoughts. This is the Alan show. Okay, I've got I've got some concerns. Ooh, um, I don't know if it's so much concerns. I, if I could fix WWE, this is what I would do. I would I would take away half the pay per views. Yes, I think, I think it's oversaturated with pay per views. Yeah. Agree. And yep. I think no there's not enough time to build storylines. And the whole reason we liked wrestling growing up, and the whole reason it was great, is because there were storylines that we cared about. You know, there was WCW, there was NWO and Sting. That took a year. Yeah. You know, Sting sat in the Raptors for a year before he like before he did anything. Like, <laughs> fucker is like the right. <laughs> and he was afraid of heights. No one considered his. But feelings, people, but. he never actually came down. Right. <laughs> people ate it up. Like they thought this is amazing. Like what's going to happen? And, you know, Daniel Bryan, that, that storyline of him winning the title at WrestleMania, that took a year. Yeah. Uh, and so there's just no time anymore to build any good storylines that are worth anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I mean, we just finished, y'all just went to Clash of Champions. The next night, they said uh, Seth Rollins is going to face The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. They called it before Clash of Champions. Like two weeks. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, so already... like, got dibs on that winner. Yeah. Right? Which is saying that, that's I like that. sometimes, but you don't say at Hell in a Cell, maybe. You go, I want a shot at the champion, whoever wins. Down the road. Like, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And so when, when, you have you a is. when you have a pay-per-view every single month, that's what they're forced to do. They're forced to throw these championship matches together. They're forced to throw these feuds together that don't mean anything. So here's what I would do. I would I would keep the big four. Mm-hmm. You know, Who do, what do you think is the big four? The traditional big four? Yeah, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Okay, okay. Give me Money in the Bank because it actually means something. I think I would now say the modern day big four is Money in the Bank over Survivor Series. 
Sure. That's what so, I feed. That's just my yeah. personal. Opinion. I get. I get. I probably get more excited now about Money in the Bank than I do Survivor. Series. If they did the brain split right, Survivor Series would be back. Exactly. Next, when is it normally? November. Yeah, November, late November. Next yeah. November, twenty twenty November, could be the best Survivor Series in fifteen years. Really? With, with them, them, doing, with them do. doing the full split, going over to Fox. Yeah. Like, if they do it, yeah. If they do it right, and maybe doing, like and maybe having a platform for NXT too. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Three way war games. Goddamn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I know. Oh, oh, Wargame Survivor Series. Like three rings? The Was it two that they did in NXT? They did two. They did two rings with the cage around right. the whole NXT thing. did two when they recently did. Mm-hmm. But it was three teams in there. Three yeah. teams of three? Three teams. Yeah. Three, three teams of three, but yeah. you could you could extend it now to like three teams of four. Mm-hmm. Put the entire Undisputed Era in there for NXT. Mm. Yeah. So give me those five, and then I don't care. Let's do one rotating one each year. And pick it if you want to be Hell in a Cell, if you want to be Clash Champions, whatever it is. But just spread them out. I mean, look, look how successful NXT takeovers are. It's because they're they're fewer and far between, and the matches actually mean something. Yeah, you have your uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa rivalry that's built for a year or more. You know, you have matches that actually mean something because people actually care. And so WWE, in my opinion, needs to get back to storytelling. And until they do, the product's going to be saturated and not that great. It's interesting, I think, too, with the fact that NXT is so successful and the storytelling's there, but they do it with that one-hour window mm-hmm. through the work rate of the workers. And I think that's what AEW is attempting to be, is the work rate show eventually. Yeah. Versus the sports entertainment show that Raw and SmackDown is... So I Although think, we have no idea now. Yeah, I really... This is I, a whole new world we're about to step into. Yeah. True. <laughs> Which especially is cool. because Especially but. because I, I wonder if they're going to try to do the same thing that NXT is going to be doing now that it is going to be head-to-head. Or they the same way that WWE or WWF and WCW were different. WCW felt... It felt more like a competition where WWE had the stories... Right, I think like I think that you're gonna have NXT compete on the night for the work rate, and I think you're gonna have SmackDown compete in the sporting arena stuff that they're trying to talk about doing an AEW. And then Raw be your, your and Raw is just gonna be its own enigma. That's gonna be where the Fiend art is. That's gonna be where the New Day is. That's gonna be where that slightly more campy shit is. I kind of like that. Though. I don't hate it because Lucha Underground was so great because it was so different. From other things, and if you have the three, Al, did you ever watch Lucha Underground? I have not. Is it still on Netflix? It is on Netflix. Okay, I'll have to check it's, it out. I think it's a it's a at least the first season. It's a must watch. They really they cool. turn wrestling into like uh, a telenovela. It's wonderful, <laughs> it's, and, and it's, it's like a season. It's a, like it's like twenty two episodes, and they have wrestlers on yeah. there. They have matches, but then they have these ridiculous storylines going on with. Uh, cut scenes and everything like that. It's yeah. it's wonderful. All the cut scenes are are shot like a movie because it's a Robert Rodriguez thing, wasn't it? I think it maybe was, Robert Rodriguez had a hand in it. Yeah, um, I think it was him. And it's reputable people in there. Like you have a lot of names you recognize. Like you have uh, Prince Puma in there, which is Ricochet, okay. Johnny Mundo, which is uh, John Morrison. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. days, um, Chavo Guerrero Jr. 
Oh, Chavo's still wrestling. Yeah. Um, Chavo Guerrero had something. I think he got hurt in the first season, though. And wow. It might have been storyline or whatever, but he's only in it for a little bit. They're like Pentagon Jr. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is there? there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's some reputable people in there, that, and it's uh, really fun. Was it? Is it a traveling show, or do they do it in one no, place? No, it's all in one spot. It's okay. one place in L.A. Yeah. And it's... It's, it's a lot of super fun. fun. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And Matt Stryker's calling it, and he's, he's good shit. Oh, yeah. Matt Stryker, Matt Stryker and Vampiro. Yeah. So do you think, when you were talking about, you know, that six or taking pay-per-view, you brought up Hell in a Cell, and that's the pay-per-view that's coming up. How do you feel, because you can't apply it to all, I think Money in the Bank should be its own pay-per-view, but having something like Hell in a Cell that was special, that was a kind of that, that trunk card at the end of a really It was a blow-off match for yeah, it was a blow exactly, for a big feud. Yeah. But now it's a given every year. For me, I, I, if they never did a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view again and instead they just used that match yeah. appropriately. I agree. Yep. Instead of shooting that bullet off <laughs> on, the, on the hour, every hour for them. Just have it so it's used once, like twice. Absolutely. You know, well, you had um, Shane McMahon and The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania a few years ago. I mean, that was special. You know, and so you're right. I mean, every year they do it, and it doesn't even seem special anymore. Yeah, but when it was Randy Orton and Ginger Mahal, it's not as it's special. Such, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I feel like the Sasha-Becky storyline, especially after it would got Hell in a Cell, or not Hell in a Cell, uh, Clash of Champions, that match is set perfectly to be put into a Hell in a Cell. Right. Because they went everywhere and they beat the hell out of each other. That's Ooh. because the college, uh, Jinder Mahal should have been a Punjabi prison match, to be fair. They did oh, both. That's true. Didn't they do both? They did do it, yes. They did, they did, did that. They did that match. match. It was like, it was like bamboo. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. the Great Khali who did it first, remember? Yeah. Well, and Great Khali came out for that. Is it Batista? Yes. Yeah, Khali came out during that match. Yeah, he, yeah. He, so who yeah. said bamboo gets on a plane immediately? <laughs> it's actually just a giant pattern. He then. smells bamboo cages. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't understand fuck all he says. <laughs> what if instead of <laughs> doing that Hell in a Cell match between Sasha and Becky in a month from now, yeah, they, they did it at Survivor Series in November and they gave it a, 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 a legit build-up. Yeah. You know, it would mean even more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. Like, they've got something going, but it's going to be you know over in a month and we're going to be like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, like, honestly, they could have done something with Randy and Kofi mm-hmm. to have them still continue and that third match would have been perfect for a hell in a cell yeah. but they can't do that now because now we know that Brock Lesnar is going to be having a title match two nights before yeah. uh, hell yeah. in a cell to get the and, and to steal it from Kofi and it has a trickle down effect on what happens on Monday and on Smackdown which you know come on Friday because like they're building these pay-per-views for every single month and so you know, there's always people, wrestlers, mid-card guys who are upset because they're not on enough. Or fans are mad because they're not seeing some of their favorite wrestlers wrestle because Shane McMahon's taking up all the airtime, or Roman Reigns is taking up all the airtime, or Seth Rollins. It's because they have to build these storylines because they don't have any time to actually build and it. They're, and they're selling the tickets, and you can't give Kurt Hawkins enough airtime when in, you have in, the first, in the first week to also sell tickets. Right. So you have to make that a year storyline, mm-hmm. but you just never started, and it's never, never becomes... And 
especially with the wild card, you know, now you're getting people from both shows because they're trying to cram as much story as possible. They officially ended that. I have. They are, yeah, yes. So, the, yeah, so with the new brand split, they are 100% ending it. That is not a thing anymore. I, I, don't, I still don't believe that Roman Reigns isn't going to somehow show up on both shows, but we'll see. I think that they're going to stick him on SmackDown, and since that's, I think that's going to be the flagship show now. You think Fox paid more money and they're getting Roman Reigns? They're getting Roman Reigns and getting Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Ronda Rousey comes back because they want to make it more of a sporting, sporting yeah. serious, yeah. like actual. I mean, that the draft that they're going to be doing is going to be very, very much like like a little bit like they did the last time they did that draft. Where it has a ticker at the bottom, and they're talking about it. They're going to yeah. be doing an FS1 show with Renee Young hosting it to be kind of kind of like a like a recap show, uh, like a almost like a sports center for it. Okay, yeah. Um, Raw is still the flagship show right now. Like they're not just going to surely offload all the, like because if you think like on the women's side, right? Like surely they're not just going to allow Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky all to piss off to SmackDown. Charlotte's on Fox for sure because they have her doing the promotional stuff. I mean, Becky's the face of WWE 2K20, and she's the champ still, and she had our problem. Well, in she's my opinion, champ. she had the best match of the night on Sunday. So it's it's hard to it's hard to see what, like what you're saying. Like it's hard to see certain people not being on the the show that they want to promote the most, which is going to be SmackDown. Yeah, but if um, you do, like the other one is going to be. It's gonna significant. Fit. I think that they're gonna split it pretty well. I feel like Becky's gonna stay on Raw. You think? Yeah. Well, a she's got the championship. B yeah. that can change. Yeah. Well, that can. <laughs> but like, poor Kofi. <laughs> but I think it's, it's also. But we should also be. If if we had total faith, which we all obviously don't, because you can't. But with with just the history, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you've learned that you get scorned enough, but. We should be excited for the fact that that hard split will force them to make people. Yeah. yeah. To make it so when it's only Sasha and Becky on Monday, to make something out of even just marginally better for the Dana Brooks or the Riot Squads or the. What are you laughing at? We had a um, conversation today and we were trying to figure out. Uh, the draft. The draft that we're thinking okay. about doing. Um, and we're trying to figure out your like totally out of left field pick. I go, oh, you know what? He loves Dana Brooke. I do. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I'll be your outside of the obvious main event is just Dana Brooke. Well, and, and, and I use her as an example mostly because instead of someone like Natalia, because they've done it with Natalia over, over and over again, and it just doesn't work. And they've they booked Dana in NXT really well. And they busted it when she got up to the main roster as Charlotte's assistant. And there's been like two or she three was spots. Emma's assistant for a week. I remember. Oh, yeah. And, and NXT, that's what her whole gimmick was. Or that's what ended up being the gimmick before, after Asuka hurt her on her debut match. She was the assistant for Titus Worldwide, wasn't she? She, she was. Yes. was. And, and, and she got that. Titus Worldwide got over. Right. Like, Big time. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, and no, yeah, she wasn't the only reason, but. Because Titus is a giant clown. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's incredibly fun to watch. But, the, but yeah, anyway, so elevating, we should be excited that it's going to elevate the Danas, Rubies, Ember Moon, Ember get her Moon back into it. Asuka, see if we can get her back in. Kyrie Sane, still there. And anybody else you want to kind of bring in? But also for the men's side, you know, the same the same bit. Yeah. Rusev or 
Cesaro. Well, he's got a baby to worry about. So oh, we might not be seeing him. Mike Canales needs his. Cesaro's just wrestling in capris now. Is that what I saw this past? Yeah, he's he's got some. <laughs> he's got some nice uh, some nice pants going on. Um, <laughs> At least they're trying to let him talk, man. Yeah. The Actually, thing, thinking about last night with NXT being on on um, USA, they obviously had the number one contendership match for the for the women's championship down there. Candice LeRae won. That match is set for two weeks from now. Do they pull the trigger, get the title off Shayna right before it starts on Fox? And then I mean, bring, bring Shayna up? It makes total sense, right? She fills the Ronda Rousey void. And and we've and she's been overdue for that call for yeah. a year and a half. It interests me a little bit though, because I don't think the call-up system is not going to operate the way it used to, <clears throat> for obvious reasons. The entire roster got called up yesterday. Essentially. Yeah, right. I wonder, like, are they, like, are they not going to have call-ups? Right, no, yeah, yeah, so I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, did I miss the news? Like, and I was like, <laughs> like, no, like, Johnny like, Gargano like, said something about it. He was like, we've made it. We're not We're not worried about call-ups anymore. Like, They don't need, they don't, like, there's going to have to be some... I don't know how they're going to do that. Like, NXT is going to be the third brand. And honestly, like... It's going to be the one that people want to be on because, A, it's going to be two hours. B, they can live in Tampa and not, or live in Orlando and not have to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> NXT might rule the television waves in 12 hours. I, I, think, I think it's a possibility. I think if I had to... If I had to purely guess, I don't know if they dominate the ratings and everything like that, but I can almost... I I put them as the leader of the show that we like the most in a year. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like they're they're almost definitely going to be the best wrestling show to start out with, right? And with that, the casuals will come because now it's on USA. Like not only like if you if it's the best wrestling show, time is going to make it the most popular show. If it doesn't lose sight of what what it is that makes it so good. I think I think it's probably going to be the brand in twelve months' time. The only worry I have, sorry, Alan, uh, the only worry I have about NXT is that now that they are live, that for that first year they're rehashing stuff that we've seen, but not necessarily the general public or casual has seen. Oh, yeah. So it won't be uninteresting, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gargano Champa. Gargano Champa is another is right. They rehash it not unlike they kept it they, on the main roster. They did with Sammy and KO like three <laughs> to three times since they've been with WWE. Honestly, though, I could watch another three Gargano. They're the exceptions, oh, yeah. and right, right. Never get bored. Yeah, I can see what you're saying though. They might just rehash those things because they were popular. Right. I was wondering, Kyle, to your point, like if guys need a break. Like I know uh, Finn Balor's on break right now. Mm-hmm. They could send them down. Not down. It's really not down. They can send them to NXT and say, okay, you don't have to travel for the next three months. Go down there and be on that show for a little while. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be fine. I love I, it. I think I, I think that... That really plays into what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where we talked about the possibility of an off-season. Oh, yeah. And that would be another alternative to the possibility of an off-season. Yeah. yeah. Giving them, little, little giving them some less static in NXT to stay. When I, lo- I, love, I love that they're sending guys down like... Uh, Fandango and Breeze, yeah, Breeze, like they actually have a chance now. Yeah, Killian Dane, guys yeah. that didn't get a fair shake. Alexander Wolf, the dude with the uh, with NXT UK, that's in like Walter's group now. The Imperium, but after great the name. Imperium, it really is. So after, but after Sanity flopped, 
and no fault of his own, you know, just no fault of sanity. So just yeah, never really. put him on TV. Yeah, right. Right. Yes. <laughs> screwed the whole thing up. Right, because there's no time. But it's I nice. Mean, they didn't yeah. even bring Nikki yeah. Cross up with them too. But it's nice now that you know that if they do call somebody up that was over in NXT, and if they do decide to put them on SmackDown or on Raw, and if it just doesn't work, they now have an outlet. They can send them back to AAA, yeah. and 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 maybe they're just going to be. The thirty-five-year-old pitcher AAA that doesn't have it within the bigs, but can help teach and train those below them. But I can't even think about it as AAA anymore, with because I feel like people aren't going to be like screaming to go to Raw and SmackDown now. They're going to want to stay on NXT because they're getting the TV time now. They're getting the uh, the ability to stay in one spot. Um, It's not as strenuous of a show. It's only two hours. And I think it, I also think it was incredibly smart for them to to put NXT in the slot going head to head with AEW. They're not SmackDown. Yeah, because I feel like people will be more apt to watch NXT as far as the people that could that would want to watch AEW. Yes, the the fans that are watching AEW are more. Yeah, you're right, and so that's what I mean. That that, that was smart. Incredibly smart. I mean, that's why I think I think it. If, if anything, it's that. It's them catching the wave mm-hmm. that AEW, as small as it might be, but it gives them a head start over the already head start they had with them being on the network for so long. If it was a brand new promotion, it's a little bit, it looks like, man, okay, that's that's a ballsy move to go head to head, but it's already a proven product. Yeah. It's already got a guaranteed audience, and now you get to rise with AEW essentially in terms of just that night or that time slot and the uh, anticipation for it. And I also think that one thing that we're going to see from watching it last night is that they put a number one contendership match for the Cruiserweight title on NXT last night. Maybe 205? 205 live, gone. Making that a uh, a title for NXT. They deserve a better platform. Well, pretty much everybody in NXT has 205 or less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. And the thing is, as well, is that they're going to fill up, they need to fill two hours every week, right? Like, if you're adding the two, entire 205 live roster, like, your, yeah. your, your two hours suddenly becomes filled very easily yeah. by incredibly talented. Well, and I wouldn't mind it. Like, you remember WCW days, like, the first hour was always like Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio matches, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, Chavo Guerrero. So, like, that was. You know that's their time to shine, and then the big guys would come on. Well, and, and you get you get guys, and and Lars Sullivan pops to mind as someone who is big, looks like a monster, but isn't six foot five. So when they stand eye to eye with Roman, it's a little bit different than when like Big Show would stand a foot taller than Roman or whatever it might be. Yeah. When you have NXT as a lighter in weight brand, then you can have. Champa, who's 5'11 or 6 foot mm-hmm. and 230, look like a really small person to someone that's not necessarily a giant, but it's yes. just bigger. Like 6'4, maybe. And it's just, why Walter looks so yeah, impressive. Exactly. Walter looks huge, and I don't think he's specifically any taller than a Seth Rollins or. <laughs> but him going up against Kushida yeah, last or night. Done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it, it, it there's. It, 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 it does a lot for the storytelling in itself, just the stature of, of the wrestlers. Yeah. I also do think it's kind of turning into an NXT like review for me, but um, we saw the first shots fired last night in the war because 
coming out of the set. So they went into their second commercial break um, after the women's uh, number one contender match. And like the second commercial that was on was an AEW promo on USA. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I missed last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like wow. apparently they, they had a de- they bought the advertising from like um, it was like Directv and like Spectrum. Yeah, I think it was your traditional providers because okay. it, it was your really cable nice. providers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So they bought they bought time on dur- during, during NXT, NXT, which wow. is going to be the one that goes up head to head with them. Yeah, it felt like a shot fired at that point, and um, that kind of makes me excited for what we're about to step into. Kind of feels real. Are you guys excited about AEW? Yeah, yes. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna record it. I will. You know, I'll, depending on what I want to watch, if it's gonna be NXT or or AEW, maybe it'll feel like the late '90s where I'm flipping back and forth between yeah. between I, two. I am, but the the biggest pause I have is. And it's not AEW's fault, but there's so much fucking wrestling to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have a bandwidth. I watched Raw and SmackDown in an hour and a half. I, yeah. f- I forwarded through a lot of shit. And I like the wrestling part. Storylines can come and go, but I'm a, I'm a wrestling like Mark when it comes to the work rate stuff. And I can't even enjoy a fucking Mysterio, potential for Mysterio Cesaro match, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I'm just like, fuck, it's all right. I know it's going to be meaningless. Skip through it, skip through it, skip through you it. You can barely like, even watch the, the, the Gable-Corbin match. Yeah, I, wa- yeah, I watched... King, King of the Ring final. Yeah, yeah. it ended up being a fucking like, 30-minute match, and I, I watched the last five minutes of it. Yeah. Because I also know, by by forwarding, A, I knew, the, I knew it was going to win, so it kind of... <laughs> cool. I mean, well, when you've got me over here telling you exactly who's going to win. Well, I no, I mean, I, so I would have guessed Corbin anyways, but it was Tuesday. I knew who won. I saw. I told you before the tournament even started, Corbin Baron Corbin was winning that tournament. Yeah. That is the one claim to fame I have this year. Good is for you. That I nailed that King of the Ring. I'm proud of you. Before the match was even... Before the... Before the uh, tournament the, bracket was put yeah, out there. Before the bracket was even announced. You didn't even know he was in it. Oh, that's no. <laughs> but it, I mean, it really was a no-brainer when you consider how too. Have you noticed that? Like, it's because he's good. End of days. Outside of the RKO, I think End of Days is maybe the best finisher in wrestling. End of Days is fun. Deep Six. The Deep Six, I like even more. Yeah. Deep Six is great because it seems to, it works on pretty much everybody, and the way he hits it sometimes when it's just looks so apron. violent because everybody's coming off the ropes so fast. And it was so badass when he did it on Becky a few pay-per-views ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Such a heat magnet right yeah. there. So, what other concerns do you have? Those are, that's that's the big one. I I I you know just it's too much. It's oversaturated, and there's not enough time to build stories. And uh, I think I think another one too, and I think this is why the fiend is getting over, is because he's actually a character. Uh, all these guys, yes, they're great wrestlers that we have now, but there's no characters. Just a guy. Mm-hmm. Roman's a guy. You know, like there's nothing. To invest in as far as them and their character. Yeah. And so it's nice to see somebody like, you know, Bray Wyatt get a new character and actually invest, they're investing into that character. That's an actual character and not right. just a lad. Yeah. Like, Velveteen Dream. Wonderful. Absolutely. Great character. He's when he so was out there. Before he did that, he was he was nothing. Just you know, he, he was an ex, he was a jobber. He came up with the, with the character and it, it took him to the top. I mean, even Rusev. Yeah. Like, his character is still just being Rusev, but the Bulgarian brute bit coming in on a tank, 
like his matchka shit, like his theme music was boss. Yeah. Like even just that is enough. Right. But the problem with the people that you're talking about, like Reigns is still living in the shadow of the shield because he still has like damn music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins is just, you never know what Seth Rollins is supposed to really be. Yeah. Like how can he be the face of the company when he's still doing the same things heel Seth was doing? Like, yeah. which is really weird. Like, I get having a grey area, but, like, you want him to be your baby face, even though you insist there's no face or heel. But you're going to have him do clearly heel things and be like, this is the grey area. Ooh. <laughs> so it's not, because you clearly want him to be your face. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I don't think that... I don't think that the heel and face thing bothers me as much anymore. If only because it's, I mean, it's still, when you see Bailey turn heel, like it's still effective. You can still see it, but it doesn't necessarily mean, and she's a good example by accident that I stumbled into because she still thinks she's a face. And, and when, she's and still coming in like hugging kids. Is, right, yeah, yeah. But that oh. is a great bit. And it's, it's like, because it's very like, and, and it's delirious. So, <laughs> and so yeah, I don't know great. if I'd rather have when Seth is a heel, he wrestle less exciting. That's the hardest part when he was a heel before was that his move set was determined to be a face move set. He wasn't doing rest holds and doing all that other shit. The heel face thing doesn't bother me. I wish that wrestlers' prerogative and what's driving them was highlighted more. If they're not going to be a character. And it can't always just be like, you know what? Yeah, I want to be. I'm, I'm here in NXT. Of course, I want to be the NXT champion. I've been I've been dreaming about it my whole life. You know that like that the generic. I, yeah. I want to be the champion gimmick. What drives you? Is it because you want the best competition? Like that AOP. That AOP uh, promo is a good example. They wanted to come somewhere that would let them fight, and no one wants to fight them. That's a, something that drives them or drives you. Roman doesn't have yeah. and, and, and and the kayfabe thing also eliminates from some of this and I'm I'm blurring what I'm trying to the point I'm trying to make, but like that Canellis thing, it's a dumb cuck it's a dumb cuck storyline. Corey Graves called him a cuck. <laughs> they oh, yeah. And then Cole called him a loser. <laughs> well so so you have but besides that, because kayfabe's not a thing anymore. When they announced that it was going to be Rusev, besides the fact that it would be unbelievable anyways, but if they did in the Attitude Era, you don't know because Rusev's a character. But he's not because he doesn't have a drive or he doesn't have a prerogative. Whether you know, it, it, And his life's on Instagram. You see his life's him on Instagram and he's with Lana, so you know it's not true. Like it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so putting that aside, if you're going to have the real aspect of it, then do the other side. The other side of that coin is you're real people. You're not a character. But you've got to have a characteristic or a trait that can be highlighted and used, whether it be face or heel. Or amped up. Or amped up, right. And, and I think... Charlotte. Charlotte's a great example. She amps it. She's a person. We know that she's a legacy person. And she just amps up her being a giant, like, bitch. And, Ego, or yeah, egomaniac. Like her father. Yeah. Right, and yeah. it's easy. It's... it's the oldest phrase you used to hear was, we just let people be themselves, but turn up to 11. Mm-hmm. And Enzo was one of the shining examples of how good that can be from an entertainment perspective. Yeah. God, man, when Enzo and Cass were hot. 
There was nothing they like it. Yeah, oh, they were, they were, it was I was at a show in Charlotte, like, screaming, like, the whole intro when they were... <laughs> yeah, I would have been doing I was the guy behind you all, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but he... He can be that, and... Rhonda can be... I just like to fight, and you don't have to let her talk, but they do. You know, that's... Rhonda, that's, is, that's, looking, but Rhonda is a special case, that given that she has... She is a UFC fighter, right? Her reputation proceeds as she has a character built out already. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. You know they did really they did it really well with at the end before she stopped, uh, before she got let go or whatever was Eva Marie. And they were just like, cool, her character is that she doesn't give a fuck about wrestling. It was one of my She's, favorite bits of SmackDown was the entrance. Was her coming out and walking back in. Even Marie could not attend because she's at a photo <laughs> shoot. Yeah, like it was it was correct. They tried to do that with Lacey Evans. And, and, and yeah, where did she yeah. go? She's buying hats. <laughs> she's uh, she's been she, called back up to serve. She, so yeah, <laughs> she had a match this past week with Dana Brooke, and it was uh, the cool down match before the main event. Well, it's just they hot shot her. And it didn't work. I missed, I supposed to have skipped over. That's a bummer. I yeah. missed that. <laughs> Just, I, I literally thought Some bitch. Yeah, she had a good, she had a good match for her last pay-per-view. It was like, okay, yeah, this is I can get behind this, but yeah. They she, she, she's her. Good. And when yeah. she was in NXT, she was a lot of fun to watch wrestle. And her gimmick was that she was better than the other ladies because they were classless. And they've turned it somehow into her wearing hats and being the Southern Belle. And Southern Bells don't fight. So the why sassy. is it? The sassy Southern Belle. Thank you. So why, right. Get it right. So, so she's, she's a sassy Southern Belle, but everything else in the character is the same as it was before, which is a good character or a good mold. She's a sassy and Southern and Belle. Con- and they're not contributing to one another. They haven't, they they haven't translated the depth over. Yeah. Which is the problem of almost 99% of NXT people moving over. Where the fuck is Alistair Black? Yeah. He's yeah. still waiting for somebody to pick a Lars Sullivan. Cool. Him and Arthur's a painter in two separate rooms, just waiting on chairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> they keep thinking the door's knocking, but it's their chairs to the back of the wall that keep accidentally hitting him when they're getting up for a while. It's just Ray trying to get into the fun house every week. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Stardust is in the other room, just doing his own bit too. <laughs> like I, I personally, I love the Robert Root thing. Like when he came out with the mustache and they started calling him Robert Root, I was like, okay, I can, I, I can yeah. get behind yeah. this. And then a month later, he was back to Bobby Roode, and he just had a beard again. I'm just like, glorious Bobby Roode doing I mean, last night, last night, it... Clash. Clash. They introduced him as Robert Roode, and he did none of the Robert Roode bit. And he doesn't even have just a mustache anymore. Right. I thought he was going to be... Well, I thought he was going to be a Rick Roode callback. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is cool. The yeah. mustache? Oh, yeah. It would fit perfectly with him. Yeah. What do you think... What would AEW need to do for you to have that take priority over any WWE, uh, any WWE property, in 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 let's say you have you have five hours to watch wrestling every yeah. week, yeah, and there's gonna be what eleven now, I think. <laughs> Great. So, so yeah, is, is SmackDown gonna be three hours? I think it's still two right two. now, but they were rumored to okay. be three. I guess Fox was. Okay, and AEW is gonna be two. AEW's two and NXT's, NXT's two. two, so that's yeah, two, four, six plus three. Three. Okay, so, so nine. So nine. I was I, I kind of draw five. I'm thinking of the paper. Are they always going to split NXT like they did last night? No. Okay. No, they're doing that right now. Okay, okay. They're doing that right now because Suits is 
is okay, uh, right. is finishing their entire series. Because I, I I didn't forget it was on, but I had a friend really? over who's not into wrestling, and I was like, I turned it over at like 8.55. It's like, I might catch the last hour, and it was like five minutes left. Like, so they're, they're going fully on to USA the week AEW debuts. Okay, of course, yeah. That I didn't realize it was because Suits finishing forever. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I just didn't series finale. I think that they kind of bumped it up just so they could start to get a foothold on Wednesday night. To could be seen. Yeah, to I mean, AEW. Yeah. Plus, it may have just been in the contract that it fell perfect like, on that day. Like, they either said you can do it this day or you can do it this day, and it was three weeks after. It also, and then they wouldn't have wanted to do and that. And if so. it, it is Suits series from uh, finale, you said, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it also might be their chance if they think that whatever's leading up to Suits can draw some of those numbers yeah. over to help Suits. If you can oh. catch her, yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah, you're, yeah tuning, you're tuning into Suits and you're going to watch the last 15 minutes of NXT, which is right. almost definitely instead of NCIS or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this show would be and they've already and now they've already set up, and it's also good setting up matches that you can bank on for the night that AEW comes in because now they've already got the women's title match the night that AEW comes on. It's almost going to be a lot of top class level pay per views, like pay per views where they really care. Like AEW's first. Show is effectively going to be a pay per view with the amount of effort they're going to throw in it. NXT is going to be the same. Friday night is going to be the draft. They're going to go all out on that, and I can only imagine the balls to the wall they're going to do on the Hell in a Cell post show on Raw. Like, is it especially Hell in a Cell if the after the wins. draft? No, Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Hell in a Cell is after the draft. That makes total sense. Two days after? No, it's not. Hell in a Cell is on the stage. Oh, so Hell in a Cell is the is the is the week before the draft. Give, give me the dates. Okay. So Friday the fourth. For Smackdown. Smackdown Fox debut. Okay. Kofi versus Lesnar. October the 6th, Hell in a Cell pay per view. Monday night Raw. Wednesday night NXT and AEW. Both, the first week. Both debuting in fall. Yeah, in fall. Friday night draft. That Second week. half of draft on Monday. The, the following Monday. Oh, yes. yes. Three day event. The draft's going to be a three day event? Two. Oh, two day. Okay. Yeah. So oh, yeah, Friday yeah, and Monday. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fuck. So that, <laughs> week, that week, like, I think you're being stupid to lose any of that week. I think you're going to have to watch it sub out. Our wives are going to hate us. Oh, yeah. Barring, obviously, you'll be able to skip oh, yeah. the Dana Brooke matches. This is, really a part of Dana this is why we started a podcast, because, like, listen, babe, I've got to watch right. wrestling. I, uh, so we can. I told her that on Sunday night. I was like, I have to watch this. The guys, they want me to be on the podcast. Yeah, so we do a college football podcast. You know, it's like, listen, I got it. It's research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to sound like an idiot. Do we sound like an idiot to the public? <laughs> this publicly available yeah. podcast? Well, to answer your question, what does AEW need to do? I, I, they're going to have two... I'll give them, I will give them three months. They've got three months to win me over. And I think if it, if it feels genuine like NXT feels to me, then it can mm-hmm. win me over. Like if... I mean, I don't know exactly... What's what, a deal breaker for you? So I've got one in mind. I kind of want to go around the room. What would AEW need to do where you're just like, cool, it's, it's, it's fourth on my list. In the camp with him, though, I think they've got until the Royal Rumble to solidify me. Yeah. Because then the road to WrestleMania starts and my yeah. my routine mm-hmm. is going to yeah. be so ingrained that I'm not going to change it unless yeah. there's something really worth changing. Yeah, you come out of hibernation. Everybody comes out of hibernation for the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. And yeah. Deal breaker. That's a good question. If anyone's got one, feel free to mention it. Because I, I, I don't want to... Really poor production value. 
Yeah. Just okay. look like ring, like the Ring of Honor shows. Have look you like, watched the Ring yeah. of Honor shows? Because they look awful. Look like Ring of Honor shows. Like the early, the early TNA shows. Yeah. That sort of stuff. I'll I'll turn off real quick because I it just feels like I'm watching trash TV. Where they've got the the TV stands like we use in this office that, the, that are on wheels yeah. that are on the stage to show the entrance video. <laughs> like, <that's> what, <laughs> yeah, they've got VHSs. Yeah. Like, yeah, DDP's back there switching over VCRs <laughs> for the next entrance. Scoring adverts for on everything. <laughs> it's just a tube TV. It's, just a... yeah, it's not even... No, it's the old projector ones that were like 50 or 60 inches but they were like... They've got it on a... Sh- but if you didn't view it straight ahead it was basically just a shadow. They've got it, it on a cart out in front. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't think that they will do that. Like, all of their shows so far, like, they're all in and all out and shake it all about. Like, they've all looked... They've all looked... They've, they've looked good enough for me to watch. They've been, they've been, and, they, and the only bad part about any of their production at this point has been... no. It feels like practice would make that perfect. Yes. Where they're throwing the throng graphic, that happens to be now, but where they just don't have the camera angles or that fucking battle royal they did from two pay-per-views ago where... There's like four high spots they totally missed yeah. because they didn't have the beats, and all of a sudden, Joey Janela has a fucking cigarette stapled to his forehead. You yeah, know, and you're just because, like, I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> at Clash, you had like you had a four-hour show and you had two missed spots. You can't like, and that was shocking. Like, holy shit, WWE missed a clear spot. Like, you can't have that three times a week on an AEW two-hour mm-hmm. show because if you do, even then, it's gonna start annoying me. Yeah, because like it's gonna feel cheap. And I know that's super shallow to be the big reason, but like if it's poor, but I'm spoiled with the Hollywood level production value where WWE provide these days. Like it is as world class as it can. Yeah, yeah. So I'm spoiled by it. And, and seeing it in person, it reminds you. It reminds you just how much they put into production yeah. value for the lighting, for all of it. It's top notch. They're going to have to also build these characters for you know those of us who haven't follow these guys on the indie scene mm-hmm. you know we know about Cody we know about Omega and we know about Jericho but like you gotta tell me you gotta tell me who these guys are and make me care about it why is Phoenix and Pentagon special right. why are the Young Bucks special yeah, I don't exactly. have their name I, don't I mean it's great right. that they can do these awesome spots in wrestling right mm-hmm. but they've got to make these char- make me care about these characters and then another thing that I don't love and I've seen a lot of it on AEW and NXT even does it to some extent is like the false finishes are kind of annoying so like consistent false finishes. You shouldn't have to do four of your finishers to end the match. It's cool, but all you're doing is you're trying to build like excitement in the arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've yeah. got to be very watered down. Be, like, finishers at that point. They've got to be great matches. Like you can get away with it in like Gargano, Champa. You can get away with it when it was two out of three falls yeah. with Cole. Like, but you can't do that in every single match. It like, falls into the same category as Hell in a Cell for me. Let it. Let it go. As as the as the rivalry as the feud goes on, allow that to happen more because it also makes sense from that perspective. Now you're ready for it. Right, Let exactly. it be organic, yeah. Right, Let everything when, be a bit more organic. Yeah. Right, but when when it's and I didn't watch the match, so I don't know how many there were, but I imagine in Gable and Corbin there were probably a lot of false finishes because it was a big kind of pinnacle, but it wasn't a feud. If anything, it should have been take out false finishes, and it was. Finisher attempts that were false, right? And maybe they're just that reverse, that right, yeah. reverse, yeah. or that well scouted, or whatever, that old, right? Yeah. Or, or missed, or they didn't get all of it, or whatever it is. Because yeah, it's a it's a bummer when you see the RKO. The RKO, I guess, is pretty protected, but the RKO is probably one of the most protected moves 
in the last five years. Kofi Kirby. did get out. But when you have to do four curb stops. Yeah. Yeah. To, to Braun. To Braun. Right. And Brock. And that's and they're only doing they only did it for Braun, I think, because they want to make sure that he doesn't He's look weak. Right. Yeah. Compared I think to it Braun. might I think it might do you know why? Bold bold prediction again from Mr. Baron Corbin, the predictor of the King of the Ring. I think they're doing that to make him look that strong because when Kofi loses, Braun's going for Brock. I'd be here for that. And they're gonna put it as it took it took Seth Moore to take me out and it did you. Move Braun over to okay. SmackDown. He hasn't yeah. been there yet. And yeah, that's my bold prediction. Um, Kyle, what would be a deal breaker for you for AEW? Well, it kind of piggybacks off of Allen. Um, I guess that the thing that would sell me on it, because okay, so the first couple pay per views that they've had, it's just been matches because there hasn't been a chance to build a story to get me to switch over and become just a hardcore P1 of, of AEW. I need one story that grabs me. Yeah. I need a story, like, WCW brought in Scott Hall and they started the NWO arc. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're thinking, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? That is... That's something that I need to really make me jump on the on the uh, flip side of that for it to be something that is a deal breaker. Contrived writing where I just don't care about anything and it just feels like they're having matches for matches' sake and like half the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Because why I, you skip through? You right, do an hour yeah, and ten minutes of two shots. Yeah. What's happening now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if it's Cedric against. If I wanted to watch that, I'll watch it on WWE. Well, and, and, there's, and, there's, and there's with people I know. And there's that, there's the fine line, like anything, but with like Cameron Grimes squashing that Sean Maluda on NXT, mm-hmm. you understand why that's there. Yeah, and like when Braun, Grimes up. right, and when Braun, right, exactly, when Braun was like squashing the Ellsworth of the world, which I'm excited for him to be. He's back with NXT. He's Ellsworth is that. <laughs> Um, the <laughs> you really uh, always get the defeat on my face. <laughs> uh, I think <clears throat> just skipping off that, I'm just going to go with my deal breaker because I've had it stirred up here. It's been charging. My deal breaker for AEW will be if they have a fucking authority figure on that show. That's anything more than what William Regal is for next year. If it if if they play at all into Cody Rhodes owns the business and he's he's manipulating shit here and there and he's essentially the authority figure, I'm so fucking down with that. That's the shit that I hate with WWE. I think he's too young. I don't think it'll be him. I hope there's none. Maybe maybe they'll say yeah. Shad Khan's uh, or Tony Khan's uncle is the Iron Sheik and they'll bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> if if the Iron Sheik was the authority figure, I. That's the exact opposite. I would be all in because you know that no he's not gonna he's not gonna follow the script. <laughs> he's just gonna say a bunch of wheels off shit. Yeah, the the <laughs> the authority figure, and I guess what would stem from that is because then when you set that as your main antagonist, then almost every other feud somehow comes or filters from it, and that sucks. It's would, just it's it sucks. Would Dixie Carter make you change your mind? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't want to. <laughs> no. The best thing that came out of Dixie Carter was at EC3. 
the character for EC3. I agree. I agree. Like, it's... I, just, <laughs> I was thinking of authority figures that could be Brian, and she was one of the ones that came to mind. Yeah, so oh my god, if they bring in Jeff Jarrett, and, like, he's the oh. fucking authority figure. I don't think they're... I think they're... <laughs> Yeah, I think if they're going for that sports approach, right, Like, and they're going to wins and losses matter, they're going to struggle to make an authority figure work at least for the opening six months because it goes against the entire win-loss record mattering. Like, because if you want to promote yourself as wins and losses are the big deal, it's like a sporting thing, like, you have a power rankings, like, boxing, UFC, like, you are the third-rated heavyweight in the world, you're due as a mandatory next. Like, if they want to go that route with it, you can't have an authority figure going, <laughs> nah, and just changing everything because you can't take it seriously then. Like, people are like, well, this is absolute bollocks. Like, it, I feel like we're safe for a little bit from an authority figure. I hope so, so I think you'll be okay. Because even, even on a real sport, like Dana White, that shit, like, I, his whole shtick and, and how involved he is in every press conference and the making of the matches and shit drives me nuts. Eddie Hearn, Bob Arum, Every boxing promoter that speaks at a match gets booed out the building because this is the like it's a universal thing. People don't like the snakes making the money behind the players. Yeah. Roger Goodell goes up and announces that the draft has yeah. started and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> or Bud Selig. The last time he spoke in person, the amount of booze he got. Like it was. I think. I think there's. I think there's an easy way to have someone that's in charge or someone that's going to be in charge of making matches. And the only slight they should ever have is overlooking somebody. And then that person goes, hey, why wasn't I picked? And they go, okay, cool. You'll get picked. Prove it in, you know, prove it in a match. you got to beat somebody. And it not being like, but you've got to beat the biggest, baddest. You know, it's just fucking... We're going to put you in a Dungeons of Doom match. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> fine. You, yeah, you'll get a championship opportunity, no problem. But you've got to win this uh, barbed wire on a pole match against some uh, fucking John Against Moxley. Judy Bagwell. Against Judy Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, William Regal is like the perfect GM. Yes. He sticks his, he keeps his nose out of everything until it gets insane out there, and then he has to run out there, and he looks all angry and furious. He's, he's a parent. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's the parent of the promotion, not the authority. Yeah. So he lets people, he lets his kids express themselves, but he's there in case they get in trouble to rein things in. And he also makes it very clear, every now and again, they do make it very clear that he could still call someone an issue. When he had the brass knuckles. Yeah, the, when he was on the, on the slide. Yeah, yeah that like, was... that sort of thing is like, yeah, he's still just reminding you that, like, he was he was a hard nut in his day, too. And, like, he was a king of the ring. He was a king of the ring. Hmm. He, he, he was a legit, legitimate hard bastard in real life. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that so, he gets knighted? No. Ever. <laughs> no. Not even in Cape Town? They're, <laughs> they're Olympic gold medalists not getting knighted. Yeah, but there's Why actors that are. There's actors that. Patrick Stewart, didn't he get knighted? Or Ian, uh, yeah. Ian McClellan? Sir Ian, Ian McClellan? Oh hey. Not Patrick Stewart. I love William Regal. He's not Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> he is the Ian McKellen of... McClellan of... Uh, McClellan? Of wrestling. I don't know how his last name McKellen. is. McKellen? <laughs> yes. He may win an OBE. That's what I reckon he may have. An OBE, which is like a, a order of the British Empire. You get recognized for it if you do something... Uh, Order of the British Empire. You do oh, something if you're, if you're recognized for something... Sciences, uh, entertainment, stuff like that. That's what um, McKellen probably got originally. 
I don't. We've got 10 minutes here. I'm just going to announce it since not everybody's looked. Well, I'll tell you one thing that will make me buy in. Storylines that matter that don't revolve around a title. That's sure. my big buy-in. Yeah. And that's my biggest... Monk, that's monkey's my... paw curls and it's all, uh, I've slept with your husband. <laughs> it's all going to be the Canellas the, the feud. It's just all of them. It's just a big, so it's a big cut promotion. <laughs> the, uh, that's my biggest beef with the women's division. In WWE, they don't do you've got, you can't have the entire every storyline is based around a title. Yeah. And when you finally have a storyline that isn't based around a title, you get the biggest hype you've had in years, Ronda and Becky. Yeah. Because it was a personal rivalry that didn't Becky didn't care about the title. She wanted to beat up Ronda Rousey. And they still made it about the title. <laughs> they did end up yeah. about the title, yeah. but the fact is, like, they finally made one that didn't have the title as its centerpiece. And it became their biggest feud, man, woman, or child. Yeah. Like, it was their feud of the year. And yes, they chew on the title in, but like, they didn't need to. And it goes, like, Sasha and Bailey, if they'd have done that right, they had about six opportunities to do that right. Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a single title on the line. And we know they can go. We've watched them go. We watched them go with them in friggin' NXT back in the day. Bailey turned on her. Tearing the house down. Bailey turned on her. Earlier this year or last year, but they did right? and the but whole crowd went wild. Yeah, they never followed through ever. They fought like, the backstage. Yeah, yeah. Like it was yeah. it was insane. Yeah, because and then they took it off TV because they wanted Charlotte versus whoever for the title, Natty to be more important. But and there was nothing other than because they're Natty won. Natty won a fatal four way against fucking some shit person, Naomi. Dana Brooke. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think about the idea that, that NXT is going to benefit from from a predictive standpoint. Because they're not really touring, you don't have, when you see a pay-per-view in 30 days and you don't know who the women's champion is going to be facing, but you see that it's in Toronto and you go, oh, they probably go with Natty here because it's in Toronto. Yeah. Or Cedric for the U.S. championship because like, okay, cool, well, it's probably because Clash is going to be in Charlotte. Yeah. They well, kind of removed that, which is kind of interesting. I didn't even think about it until just now. Kind of piggybacking off of Josh, um, you know, storylines that mean something that don't revolve around a title. Like, right now in NXT, you have Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. That's still a thing. Like, they fought at the last takeover because Io snapped on on Candice LeRae after they were, Io was going for the championship and Candice was like her buddy. She snapped. Now, now you got uh, a heel and a face. Uh, they were they went at each other in that fatal four way last night. Um, they definitely went after each other. And now you've got Candice LeRae going for the title. Let's say that she wins it. You've already got a built in feud with the Osharai where she they have a blood feud with well, each other. I think WWE does a better job. Accidentally, they do a really good job of planting those seeds. They just never water unless you're. Champion Gargano. Bray, Bray Wyatt and Triple H are going face yeah. to face mm-hmm. three years ago. Like in the crowd going fucking crazy. Yeah. And then. Nothing. nothing. They, they'll squash that like Daniel Bryan of the Miz. Like, that was a legitimate. They had yeah. a legitimate feud for years. And, and then they don't acknowledge it when they when they feud again six months ago. Yeah. Like it referred us a little bit. I like, was on this podcast a year ago when we were Dream Buck in Mania, and my Dream Buck was Miz Bryan. And bringing that all home to roost because that could have been one of their biggest 
things they had going. Luckily for them, Kofi happened. But yeah. like, they're not going to have that every year. Right. Yeah, like, but capture Kofi Mania. Brian Miz was one of my favorite. That was the heyday of SmackDown for me. I was saying to Kyle just earlier, that was my favorite time in SmackDown for the last like 10 odd years when you had the official the brand original split. brand split. Uh, yeah, not the original, but like the newer version of the brand split. It was legitimately split, and you had Talking Smack right after. That was the fucking golden age of that show. Yeah, because Talking Smack just changed the whole landscape of that stuff. You know what ruined that whole thing was when they were having two pay per views every other, or pay per view every third second week. It didn't ruin it. Oh, the brand specific pay per views. Yeah, it got to the point where I was barely watching Raw. Yeah, because I was that like standing on SmackDown that I just didn't care that much. SmackDown was really good then. <laughs> it was great too, you know, because you got these guys that just performed and they're still amped up on adrenaline to throw them in there and have like a... Just, and it's like but not right after the ring too, yeah. so they could catch their breath because like the promo right after a match is a pain. Where they're all blown up. Yeah, I remember, yeah when, and Braun did it when he lost uh, uh, when at Clash of Champions when he lost the first match. He was like, this, this wasn't on me. This was on Seth. Sitting <laughs> <laughs> like walking away, it's like, God, let him fucking catch his wind. And like the same sentiment has come out just about everybody that that wasn't a scripted show. Like for the most part, it wasn't a scripted show. The only person who had a script was Renee. Oh, yeah, on talk talking smack. And it kind of she, blurred the lines between like real and gaming. And Renee Young has been in a couple of interviews about talking smack of how big of a ratings it got in terms of like how liked it was and she like it worked for some people and it didn't for others mm-hmm. the, the naturally talented promo people it made them into stars overnight so Miz. like Miz became the fucking yeah. man again like yeah, when he stuck on Brian yeah. and Brian was like visibly irritated and upset right. because he just got called out yeah. <laughs> it was that was I, I miss it I really do. If any, if any, if any of these shows can bring me back to that feeling again, where I like look forward to two hours of straight wrestling and don't even care about commercials, that I'm your. That's my show. Yeah. That's it. I'm in. Yeah. Alan, do you have any final thoughts for us? Any other concerns before we uh, put a wrap on this episode? Ish. I would just like to see more surprises. Like, don't. I mean, I know in a in the social media era, it's more hard. baby daddies or. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in a social media era, no, it's, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to really surprise any of us. Like we we see rumors, like we knew Bray Wyatt was going to be fighting hell in the cell before it even happened, before the last paper even happened. But it's like when you bring like I was mildly surprised by Luke Harper coming back. Like me. Dude, that was so much fun seeing it there because we're yeah. watching and then also I reach over at Marty and Josh and go, Luke, <laughs> <laughs> Luke Harper. I fucking pop my yeah, because it was off. behind like my like the cup of water and the uh, whatever else I had in front of us. So like I didn't see that part of the apron. Yeah. And I had no idea he was sitting there and he's just like hiding behind the barricade by the yeah. steel steps. I, like, you saw I him crawl already, out from underneath the ring where I was like, that's, ah, that's awesome. Right, me too. I was already like, oh, but I didn't know who the fuck it was because his hair was up. Yeah. And, that, like, and he looked so, and he's so slim. Like, I didn't know who it was. And then as soon as he ran and, like, did whatever he did, I was like, fucking, I forgot you two were even there. I was like, fucking popping like a four-year-old. Like, <laughs> fucking Luke Harper's here. <laughs> he, saw, he saw the pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's anything. Even when even they overpromote things, you know, like even when you're gonna have Stone Cold come back, don't tell us one time. And then when that when that glass breaks, we're gonna be jumping out of our seat. Mm-hmm. We know he's not gonna do anything besides come out and drink beer. 
and, you know, say some cool stuff. But it's like, don't tell us every time something's going to happen. Don't say, oh, Brock Lesnar's going to be on Raw next week or whatever. Like, surprise us with some stuff occasionally because it's actually cool. You know, and they don't do that much anymore. No, they don't. You're right. And I think the internet has ruined it somewhat. Mm-hmm. But they can. You can do it. Fuck me. AEW have done it. At their shitty press conferences in the middle of a beach. Yeah. And they have people surprise show up. Right. Like, if, if they can do it at, at that point as a t-shirt company, WWE, if they want to do a surprise enough, they can do it once a month. But they promote, like, they promote because they promote ratings. because they want the ratings. Yeah, they want that they say, "Oh, Stone Cold's going to be on, so they're we're going to pop the ratings." But right. it's like that's the difference between them and AEW yeah. right now is that they are trying to retain an audience. Yeah, yeah, and one's trying to gain an audience, and that's it. Like I know it's been oh, probably four years since I've seen The Rock on WWE, but like the last time he he showed up at Brooklyn, you all remember that? Yeah, like he was wearing like the the jacket with Brooklyn on the back of it. Was that when he had his thing with Lana and Rusev? Yes, yeah. like when he came out, like I legit jumped <laughs> off my couch. There's been like, a couple of times recently that, oh, well, not recently, but in the last like maybe like five six years that it's actually gotten me. Yeah, and like. Like, one of them was when Jericho somehow kept it away from everybody that he was going to be the number one entrant in the, in the Rumble. When he came out, I was like, what? The Hardys. Um, the Hardys. The Hardys of yeah, Mania. Cool. When Sting showed up at Survivor Series. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. That's, that was awesome. I, I, we knew that he was signing with WWE, but when AJ Styles came out as the number three entrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, especially because ne- we never heard his music. We had no idea what it was, and then when it popped up there with the I Am Phenomenal, and everybody just lost it. Right. Um, also, when they were going through, it was Mania 27, they were trying to pick the, the person that was going to be hosting it, it, ended up being The Rock, but they were, leading up to it, there were rumors that they were throwing out there about, like, Justin Bieber, and... Um, Florida. Florida. <laughs> and, uh... Um, Oh, there's just random people that are throwing out there. So and then, like, right, before, so I had no idea who it was going to be, mm-hmm. and then I was hoping it was The Rock because there had been that rumor too. And then they showed like some girl walking out of like a a, uh, a limo right before they went to commercial. And they came back, and Justin Roberts other goes and announces, "Hey, the new host is going to be." And then like all the lights go out, and then it hits with the if you smell and. I popped in my in my uh, apartment at college. Yeah, <laughs> losing my mind. Yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us. What do you think, Lance? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Alan, we would like to, uh, I think, invite you for any future wrestling heavy episode if you'd like. This has been fun. I'll definitely come. I love right. it. I'll cool. be here. Good deal. Good deal. Um, next week. We actually are hitting our one-year anniversary of Sports Trebuchet, which we're going to do a special little quick episode uh, to talk on about 30, 40 minutes or so. Kind of touch base with the state of the show. Even the dark teasers. State of the evolution of the show. Uh, and also maybe review some of our favorite episodes. And then we'll be back to it. Uh, the 11th. The 10th. I hope you all have your, uh, have your tickets for Area 51. Go out there tonight. We forgot to talk about that, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Well, we'll see what makes how many how many uh, how many people make it how many out. American tomorrow? teens die tomorrow when they attempt <laughs> to lose their runs. What was the date, Josh? The October tenth. October tenth. We're uh, will be our the next show after the anniversary show, and 
we've got a big special lined up that's uh, special. going to be, yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a special. It's it going to be fantastic. But we're going to be doing a, a full WWE NXT SmackDown reorg and do the a draft. draft. Is, the draft is coming on the 11th. We're going to draft better than they do. Yep. Love it. Essentially. <laughs> we still got to draw straws and figure out who's going to be what brands, but... Oh, we have some pretty cool rules set in place. You know what, Alan? You'll be the judge. Uh, you won't be here maybe for that show, okay. but you, if you are, then if that's If you cool. want to, come if, on in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Actually, analysis on every single one. pick. Go team team number one. Analysis, pick for ev- analysis for every single pick. I, I, I uh, love that idea. And if, you, and if you can't be here, then we'll still give you the results at the end and you can vote. Awesome. I'm going to throw the vote out on Twitter, too. Uh, have a good rest of the week, everybody. See you in hell. <laughs> Hi, my name is Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And we are the hosts of a statistics and sports podcast called Juicing the Numbers. We cover the NFL, college football, MLB, and the NHL with anything that we like to talk about in between. If you like sports and the numbers behind it, come check out our show, Juicing the Numbers, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at JuicingPOD.